Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning and welcome to the show on this beautiful Friday morning heading into the weekend. Uh, It is Coachella Weekend 1. If you're in the Coachella Valley, stay safe. If you're traveling to the area, stay safe. Have a safe and fun weekend. I'm not bitter at all. I'm here in studio. It's totally fine. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm good. Good. I'm great. Glad to hear it. I'm fine. Great. How are you, Michaela? I'm doing good, baby. I'm not going to Coachella, but I have a show this weekend in Vegas. If you're around, you can get tickets. Uh, link in my bio, baby. I'm doing new songs off my album. So I'll be sort of going to Coachella, but it'll be like my cella. Your cella. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Michella. Yeah. It's like, Mich- a mi- it's like a michelada, but Ooh, different. And it's spicy. Micheladas are delicious. And spicy. Yes. Um, where are you performing this weekend? I'm at uh, DW Bistro outside. They have a new... Um... Oh, are you performing with Sky? Yes. You had a fundraiser, I think, for her there. Was it there? Or you used to perform there together? We did her Easter Sunday last That's year there. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. But they built this fabulous, like, humongous stage in the courtyard, mm. and they do, like, courtyard concerts now i love a good courtyard yeah i'll be there with david hernandez he's singing also same show as me will he be wearing clothes for this i hope not he's been nude a lot on social media for his other show Uh uh-huh i know i hope he's not we'll get more press he's been working out a lot and press is always good yeah how are you feeling babe i'm feeling good i'm feeling good uh i've been i've been on a workout kick we're getting closer and closer to the wedding, and I'm determined to have my beach body ready. And it's been a few years. The pandemic really kind of put a kink in the plans, and I haven't really worked out consistently a lot. Uh, but I've been working out a lot, so I'm really sore. I'm really tired, but I feel really good. Yes. Uh, we went to this little, a fun little restaurant last night and got these garlic noodles with scallops. My partner yeah. has been raving about for a couple of weeks. I mean, he took me last night, and it was so good. Garlic noodles? Yeah. That sounds amazing. Like Indonesian restaurant. It's like mm. an Indonesian fusion restaurant. It was really fantastic. So there's so many great places throughout LA to like find if you just yeah. randomly, like I didn't even know this place existed. I've driven by it a hundred times. I love that. No. That's how I felt. We went to the den last night. Have you ever been? Yes. The, and not in years. It's we like a been. vibe. It's like dark and like moody and like candle lights, right? Yeah, it is. But there's also an outdoor uh, area as well. And Lisa's obsessed with buffalo cauliflower. Got it. And... So she was like, I want that. I'm craving that. Went. So good. Yeah. They taste like buffalo wings. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. 
amazement they can do these days with food. Uh, we have a fantastic show coming up for you. We're going to be joined a little bit later on by the iconic Sharon Gless. You might know her from Cagney and Lacey or maybe Queer as Folk. She's got a new book coming out that she wants to tell us all about. Um, but first, it's time for some news on the beat, so why don't you take it away? All right, people. Gay millionaire Ed Buck has been sentenced to 30 years in federal prison. Buck, 67, escaped justice for years despite his well-documented fetish for injecting methamphetamine into vulnerable men for sexual gratification. Uh, Gemma Moore and Timothy Dean both died at Buck's house. He was charged with the death of both men running a drug den and enticing others to travel for prostitution. And he was found guilty on all charges this past July in the lead up to his sentencing today. His lawyers asked uh, for a sentence that would allow him to one day be free again. While prosecutors wanted him to be sent to prison for the rest of his life. If Buck were ever released, prosecutors wrote, he would feed his compulsion to inject others until the day he died. One death is a tragedy, but two is a pattern. Assistant U.S. Attorney Chelsea Norell told the court earlier, investigators determined that Buck had tied down and injected several individuals with methamphetamine and other drugs, hundreds of videos of Buck sexually abusing various men, some of whom were unconscious, hurling racial slurs at them and injecting them with drugs were found at his home. Buck sought out men who were struggling with homelessness and addiction, paying them for sex and to inject them with meth. The man who once ran for West Hollywood City Council in 2007 and championed for Arizona Governor's Evan Meckham's impeachment in the 1980s became known as Dr. Kevorkian in the last decade among the local LGBTQ and homeless communities. Lock him up forever. Forever. Disgusting. Not a way out Mm-mm. at all. Mm-mm. All right, let's get into weather. It's going to be a high of 72 in LA, 82 in Vegas, 88 in Palm Springs, 82 in Houston, 82 in Miami, 59 in San Francisco, and a high of 85 in Dallas. Now give us a vibe of the day. Never limit yourself because of others' limited imagination. More importantly, never limit others because of your own limited imagination. Just let people live. Also, I want to tell you about something really fantastic coming up on Thursday, May 19th from 7 to 10 p.m. at the Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Taylor Dane is performing. She's going to be joined by Michaela Gordon performing music from her upcoming album, Rosemary Galore and Friends, doing all sorts of fun drag shows. It's our second annual Divas in the Desert at the Morongo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get tickets at Ticketmaster.com. They're only 25 bucks, and the money goes to raise uh, funds for the Desert AIDS Project and the Coachella Valley LGBTQ Center. So it's a fundraiser. We did this uh, last year. We had so much fun. We're doing it again. Come join us. It's bigger and better this time. Uh, if you're heading into town for the weekend or maybe you live in the Coachella Valley, head out to the Morongo. Uh, some nice restaurants there. You can have dinner afterwards or before. Make a whole night out of it. Love it. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. All right. This is about the wildest story I've ever seen in my life. Um, this woman is a professional baby namer uh, and gets paid $30,000. To come up with names for famous people's babies. Insane. Her name's Taylor Humphrey. She's 33 years old, lives in New York. And she's the founder of What's in a Baby Name, which is a little boutique baby naming consultancy firm. Um, And this is wild. Like, she's found her calling back in 2015 um, when she started sharing her favorite baby names and the numerology behind them on social media. And, of course, people got into that, right? Uh, Three years later, she launched her business um, and has helped you know, 
hundreds and hundreds of families. Now, in a recent video, she offered up New York City-themed names for a parent-to-be who already has two children named Brooklyn and Chelsea, and that's kind of gone viral. Those, I feel like, are pretty solid names. Brooklyn and Chelsea, New yeah, York themed, but what totally. if, like it's a it's a bit like New York. It's a bit like like if you don't want to live there the rest of your life, and that's not your entire like life being like Brooklyn and Chelsea. I feel like they can live outside of New York. I think so too. Mm-hmm. I remember when Coyote Ugly gave the name Jersey, mm. and I loved that name. I was like, Jersey is so iconic because she was from Jersey, but I also was obsessed with Coyote Ugly. So. Okay, well, so here's here's some um, other ideas that she has come up with over the years. Parks. That kind of is New York, a kind of a New York name. Yeah. Uh, Jitney. Kate. Astoria. Okay. Because that's also another, it's right. another one of the boroughs. Uh, Ansel. Okay. Brave. Roscoe. Barabbas. No. Some of those New York no. references I just don't get. It's interesting to me. Like, what is a name? Because when I grew up, I thought a name was, like, my aunts and uncles, my parents' names are Bill, Tom, Jim, Kathy, Diana. Yeah. And Diana was, like, the most, like, glamorous of all those. Yeah. Like, they're all pretty standard, basic names. Totally. No shade to my family. Yeah. Um, And then all of my friends growing up were named Kyle and Brian and Kyle and Brian and Kyle and Brian. I went to school with so many Kyles and Brians growing up. Yeah. And that's just what everybody was named. And all the girls were all Sarah's or Katie's. Yeah. Also, and that was it. All of my family are like Tony's, David's, yeah. Frank's. Uh-huh. Like all of mine are very Italian. But my mom, and I will totally give her credit here, she was very intentional when she named me. Like she wanted it to be a beautiful name that had a lot of meaning, that numerology-wise made sense. Like, she did the astrology behind it. Like, she, like, went all the way out. And my name still isn't spelled. There's more Michaela's now, but mine's still the most unique spelled. I never see it. Well, it's so funny because I think it's, I think, well, obviously that's the way you spell it because I know your name. Of course. And my partner's niece, his her name is Michaela. And I, every single time I look at it, I'm like, "What? How do I? How do you spell it that way? I don't get it." Because I think everyone should spell it M I K A L A H. Yeah, that's because you know me. Yep. But it's spelled now because it's a Hebrew uh, version as well. Got it. A lot of people spell it like Michael with an A or mm. differently. But I think that names really do matter. I, yeah. Well, I've been telling people my entire life that my that I was named after AJ Foyt, who was an IndyCar driver, right back in like the 70s and 80s, and and my dad was a huge IndyCar fan. My mom tells me that's a lie. That's not why I got the nickname AJ. My dad says, you're crazy. That is why. She'll never admit it. My real name is Aaron, though. And it's Aaron Jason. And I feel like my mom literally opened up like a little baby book. It was like, oh, let's go alphabetical. First name, A-A-R-O-N. Perfect. Good. Oh, my God. Next. I feel like that's all the thought that went into it. But I actually absolutely love my name. I think Aaron Jason is a solid name. What are some of the weirdest names that you've seen in recent years, celebrities in particular? Because this this woman kind of like caters to celebrities and people with some money. What are some weird names? I remember when Gwyneth Paltrow came out with Apple. Yes, that 100%. to me was like the start of this weird baby name trend years ago. And I thought, what a moron! Who would name their kid Apple? Yeah, I still think it's a weird name. Like, I just think it's a weird name to name your kid Apple. Like, I think Blue is a beautiful name. Beyonce named her daughter Blue Ivy. Uh I think that with Kim naming (laughs) North. And Saint. 
uh, and saying I kind of am down with those names. I'm now. kind of okay with those names because also I think that like really it's about the energy you put into a name, and so giving them like this very unique name what, says so much about them. What about Elon Musk kids? Your kid, the one that what is it now? Oh God, I don't know. It's, it's like, just a series of symbols. I have no idea. I don't even know how you would say it. I don't not know how like to a, say the kid's name. There's not, two of them now. It's not even a word. No, I have no I mean, idea. Both of them are like that. Yeah, I, I mean, that's like a lot. Like, it's like the what? artist officially known as Prince. Like, now uh-huh. it's just a sign. Yeah. I have no idea. And that's even a little bit easier. At least it's one sign. It's, yeah. it's, it's memorable. You know what it is. <laughs> what, what is a common name uh, in Colombia, Vanessa, that you think is just, or or what's the weirdest name you've heard in Colombia? No, okay, well, my brother's name is the coolest name. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. I try to Google it to see if other people have it. Uh, my brother's name is Baymar. Baymar. Which I think is so cool. I love like the it. The Bay and the Sea, Baymar. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, the, mine, like the, oh, yeah, the Sea by the Sea. I took Spanish yeah. in college. But no one has that name, Baymar. I swear. Yeah, I've never but heard like that. But like common names, like in it's like the Latin community, it's like Juan, Jose. Yeah, of course. Which are like so common. Camila. Yep. Oh, I my love name, Camila. That's really common in Colombia. Well, my name is Vanessa, but... Uh, I was either going to be also named Valentina, and I wish. I am Valentina. Valentina. One of my favorite drag queens. I love Valentina. I know. Yeah. Valentina. I feel like there's a little bit of a crossover between like uh, some Latin names and some Italian names. Oh, yeah. They all come from probably Latin, I would assume. Like the love languages all kind of come from the same place. Yeah. So they have like a similar feel. Like Sophia, is that also in Colombia? Are there people yeah. named Sophia? Also very common in very Italian. Very common. Camila. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Camila. Yeah. yeah, Valentina, Victoria, yes. Gabriella. Is your mom's name Victoria? Yeah, it is. It's a wild. Walk. I know. My I mom's like her name, name is Kathy. So Just want to remind you, my stepmom's name is also Kathy. My dad's name is Steve, and my stepdad's name is also Steve. Are you so, white? Very. <laughs> the Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Is Rihanna pregnant and single? Michaela, what's popping? Lord have mercy. Breaking news. An article just came out this morning saying that ASAP Rocky and Rihanna have split up due to designer Amina Muadi. Now, Amina Muadi's shoes are iconic for women. They are the go-to. They're very expensive. They're similar to like Louboutins, but super iconic. And Amina and Rihanna uh, have collabed. They've worked together for Fenty. They met because Amina was originally a stylist who now has her own clothing line. I'm sorry, a shoe line. And so it was said that ASAP Rocky and Amina Muadi were together. Rihanna caught them and Rihanna caught them cheating and she's out. The story's everywhere. Everywhere, right? And it's crazy because Amina Muwadi's last post was Rihanna two days ago in Amina Muwadi's shoes. However, TMZ just reported... Like moments ago. Literally four seconds ago, that the cheating allegations between ASAP Rocky and Rihanna are 100% false, not true, not sure where the rumors came from, but it's not happening. And let me just say... The breath of relief I'm taking because I am watching, uh, I just watched Coachella, uh, Beyonce at Coachella. And to think that Jay-Z ever cheated on Beyonce, I'm insane. like, are you insane? Well, it, it, yeah. Beyonce's having babies, Jay-Z cheats. 
Khloe yeah. Kardashian's very pregnant. Tristan Thompson cheats. Right. Multiple times. And if it happens to Rihanna, because we just talked about her a day or two ago on the cover of Vogue. Was it Vogue or Vanity yes, Fair? Yes, looking those? like an icon. Yeah, very pregnant. And, and I, also, I, everything that's already happened to Rihanna with Chris Brown, mm-hmm. like we've seen her so vulnerable publicly. If ASAP Rocky cheated on Rihanna... I want him out. He's gone. He's done. Same. Why can't men just like listen? Your listen. Your 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 woman is going to be a little bigger for a few months. Deal but with like, it. She's, she's birthing got a child. Your baby in her belly. Yes. Like she's literally carrying your child. Ugh. It's so bizarre to me. I will. I will say, for anybody at that level, like the amount of temptation has to be just unreal. Like when you think about it, like everybody throwing themselves at you all day, every day. I'm not justifying this at all, at all. But I'm saying when you're that famous, for her too, though, for everybody, I, I, I couldn't deal with that. I couldn't also know that my partner's out there getting like people trying to get with him all day, every day. They probably already do. He goes to the gym and wears really tight shorts. Yeah, I also just feel like this is going to sound so woo-woo, but like <laughs> ever since I've been to therapy, I feel like there's so much appreciation and self-validation because I used to really like need compliments yeah. and like need people to really like tell me how great I was even while being in a relationship. And now like I, I genuinely, cause I've been on the other side, cannot imagine like cheating on Lisa or like having some need fulfilled that wasn't yeah. from Lisa or from myself. Like it's such a cop out that we're like, Oh, men are going to be men. Oh, there's a lot of temptation. Like men are doing, you know, well, they're men. Like, no, you're an idiot. Like, yeah. have like just support yourself and support your wife who's carrying your baby. <sighs> you know what? I'm, I'm upset about this Rihanna situation. Don't hurt her. Hope it's not true. Me too. All right, coming up. Imagine having a cure for Alzheimer's. There may just be that, and we have it for you. And what the health coming up in the next hour? Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. 
Could a cure for Alzheimer's be on the horizon? It's an interesting conversation. Crazy. Uh, and could have huge implications. Uh, and we were having the conversation. Uh, joined by a doctor for What the Health coming up in about 13 minutes from right now. So stick around for that. Alzheimer's is something that has affected so many families. My own family right now, my aunt, um, is, is, is slowly sort of slipping away. And it's so sad. And it's so just, it's just heartbreaking when somebody goes through something like that. So to think that there could be a cure... So sad. Listen, I went to this psychic yesterday and she said um, my grandma had dementia at the very end of her life. So when I got to her, she was passing. She um, was like already very out of it. She wasn't speaking at that point. And the psychic, for what it's worth, because I like believe in that kind of stuff. She said that um, your grandma's here and she just wants you to know that there were so many things that she didn't get to tell you before she passed and she loves you so much but it was because like her mind was going mm. and i was like obviously i was like thought about it all day and was like so touched but it is like dementia and alzheimer's is so yeah. devastating not only for the family but i also think for the person experiencing it because they're still like in their body they feel, like trapped but they don't like their brain is still there but they just don't know i mean it's just a devastating yeah. thing so to have a cure for that is beyond would be incredible um right now though it's time for some news on the beat what do you have for us okay babe well gay millionaire ed buck has been sentenced to 30 years in federal prison buck 67 escaped justice for years despite his well-documented fetish for injecting methamphetamine into vulnerable men for sexual gratification. Uh, Jamel Moore and Timothy Dean both died at Buck's house. He was charged with the deaths of both men, running a drug den, and enticing others to travel for prostitution. He was found guilty on all charges this past July. In this lead-up, his sentencing today, his lawyers asked for a sentence that would allow him to one day be free again. While prosecutors wanted him to be sent to prison for the rest of his life, if Buck were ever released, prosecutors wrote he would feed his compulsion to inject others until the day he died. One, death is a tragedy, but two, is a pattern, assistant U.S. attorney Chelsea Norrell told the court earlier today. One, death is a tragedy, two, is a pattern. Disgusting. Like, that's disgusting to even have to say. It. Like, <clears throat> uh, I hope he stays locked up forever. Mm-hmm. Forever. All right, another news. LGBTQ staffers and allies at Fox News are speaking out now that their employer has turned to harsh anti-LGBTQ rhetoric to defend Florida's Don't Say Gay Law and other anti-LGBTQ legislation in states across the U.S. I actually want to have this conversation with you because I want to know your perspective um, that I had with a right-winger yesterday. I said to her... The comment that I made to you uh, where I said, well, if if we're going to cancel everything, cancel Valentine's Day, too, because it's about like love and crushes. And she said, um, well, Valentine's Day isn't brought on by the teachers. It's brought on by like the parents and the parents. uh, Valentine's Day isn't about crushes. It's about something that like the parents celebrate. It's not like part of the curriculum. Tell okay, tell that to every single teacher I ever had in my entire life. We had Val- That's what we, I said we too. We made Valentine's Day boxes in school for arts and crafts. Exactly. Every year. But she was saying that it's not about crushes. So little kids in second grade. Of course it is. It, I know. It was for me. That's what I'm saying too. I felt like I was crazy. I couldn't even have the conversation. They're trying to justify just their hatred. It's so stupid. I agree. I agree. Well, uh, Fox Pride, the company's LGBTQ employee networking and resource group, is speaking out. They said Fox Pride denounced the statements made regarding sexual orientation and gender identity on Fox News in the past week. While the internal support and resources Fox Corp offers to LGBTQ employees are amazing and supportive. 
The public-facing messaging and rhetoric is the opposite. We find it disheartening and a step backward in the acceptance of the LGBTQ plus community. So the the rhetoric on Fox News in the past week, they said? Yeah. Just in the past week? Yes. Listen. I know, babe. I don't know. I know. You got to get a paycheck. Good job. But like, you work for a company that hates us. Yeah. I have a hard time with that. It's crazy. I, on The way that they're justifying this and the way that my... Because this person that I'm talking about, I grew up with. So I try to just continue having normal conversations with her. But the way they justify you things... You can have normal conversations with people who aren't open to like a diverse like cross-section of like humanity. Well, like, and who, I made the point. I was like, listen, I was a hot five-year-old. So I had a lot of boys that gave me Valentines. Like heterosexuality that was like adorable if a little girl gave me valentines at five years old going to hell you're going to hell like that's, that's literally and, and we're just missing that point clear message you're sending the kids yeah it's crazy okay it's gonna be 67 in boston today a high of 85 in dallas 89 in la quinta 88 in cathedral city 82 in miami <laughs> 82 in Vegas and 71 in LA. Obviously, when I call myself a hot five-year-old, I don't mean it in a predatory way, but I just was. Okay, give us a vibe. You were hot, though. (laughs) Never limit yourself because of others' limited imagination. Never limit others because of your own limited imagination. That's a T. That's a good vibe. Yeah. Okay, coming up, imagine having a cure for Alzheimer's. There may just be, and we have it for you in What the Health. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. It's time for another round of What the Health. And I will speak from personal experience. Watching somebody uh, suffer from Alzheimer's or dementia uh, and the fear of actually going through that someday myself is probably at the top of the list of things that concern me the most when it comes to my own health. And there's some good news because the U.S. Food and Drug Administration uh, has approved a weekly skin patch used to treat symptoms of Alzheimer's-related dementia. Now, this is not the first uh, patch, but it is the first once-weekly version and it's a big deal. So here to tell us why exactly that is a big deal is Dr. Riddhi Patira, an assistant professor and investigator at the University of Pittsburgh's Alzheimer's Disease Research Center. Dr. Patira, thank you so much for joining us. Um, can you explain to our listeners why this new version uh, uh, is something to possibly be excited about? Sure. Uh, like you said, uh, this is a cruel disease. Um, it's hard to watch someone go through that. So people are desperate and they need something. And we have very limited options. So there are four FDA-approved drugs uh, that target the symptoms. And uh, one of them is Donepezil, which was uh, previously in the pill form. And this is a patch form of that. Mm. So amongst all the limited options, another problem with medications was side effect and compliance. Mm. Uh, with the pill form, the GI side effects were a concern, so patch would help with that. And compliance was another thing because sometimes it's hard to uh, remember what someone is taking and caregiver have to remind medications. And sometimes due to some paranoia or refusal or denial, people used to refuse medications. So it's easier to put patch on for a week and then just change another week. Yeah, I wouldn't, so, I would, I wouldn't even have thought of that actually because you think if somebody has Alzheimer's or dementia – it's very possible if they don't have round-the-clock care, they forget to take their medicine, but a patch would right. kind of take, take, yeah. take away that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, so from a provider perspective, as a doctor, physician, compliance is important uh, to know if they have, because like I said, uh, people are, we are desperate. They are desperate. I am desperate to treat something. So 
we want to make sure if we have limited options, we try our best to maximize. And there are a, so this medication is not um, a magic bullet. It's not. It has modest efficacy, right? But there is a minority of the patient who do see the benefit, and those who do see the benefit, I want to make sure that they can. They are fully compliant, and they have the least amount of side effects. Mm. So I think this patch is great for that population. You know, it's amazing just to think about, um, and emotional, I'm sure, for our listeners and myself. My grandma passed away with dementia, um, Mm -hmm. and it was devastating to watch somebody forget their whole life. So as soon as it's available, I know people are going to want it. Is it available now? How can people get this patch? So, no, it's not. It just came out, FDA approved. Um, I think there is going to be an insurance barrier trying to get the patch because before this patch, there is another patch that does exist. Like I mentioned, there are four FDA-approved drugs for symptomatic management. Uh, One of them is Donapazil, which came out in this patch from now. That's one. There is another one called Rivastigmin, which already has a patch version. The difference is that was a daily patch and this is a weekly patch. But it's the same mechanism of action, right? So, but that patch is hard to get through insurance and there is like pre-auth and many barriers. I'm going to see more with this patch because this is a newer one. Mm. So we are not there yet. And I don't think a lot of patients know even much about it and they are not. So I'm, there's not a huge demand right now, but as people will learn about the patch, I'm sure they will ask. Absolutely. And it's so sad to think there are healthcare barriers like that and pre-authorizations required for people to get the health care that they need. Um, but that's a different discussion for a different day, of course. You know, it's mm-hmm. interesting because um, my aunt, uh, is uh, she has Alzheimer's right now. Her parents also had that at the end of their lives. And I FaceTimed with her a couple of weeks back and she mm-hmm. immediately knew who I was. And asked uh, how my partner was, who she's only met a handful of times over the years and has not seen in many years. And Mm -hmm. my cousin said that was so amazing because oftentimes she just doesn't recognize faces and she doesn't even know who exactly you are. And she knew for that moment. And for a couple of minutes, we had a conversation. Um, For those who have a family who maybe uh, are going through some memory loss or maybe they're starting to get a little bit forgetful, uh, what sort of signs can, can they look for? Uh, to catch like early onset Alzheimer's or dementia? Sure. it's Actually, it's quite difficult. And this is one of the things that uh, me as a cognitive neurologist does is trying to tease out uh, normal signs of aging from very mild changes you see in early stages because they are similar. Mm. Sometimes you misplace your key somewhere or you are trying to think of a name of your person you haven't met in a while like you were suggesting. So it's really hard to differentiate. But as time progresses, this mild forgetfulness becomes more frequent, more noticeable, and it sometimes leads to lack of awareness. Because if you remember what you remember, it might be aging, like where are my keys and I must have misplaced something, as opposed to Alzheimer's, where sometimes you forget what you forget. So if you are truly forgetting, there can be that. Mm. That patient might not notice much, but a family member are bringing them to me for evaluation. That does raise a red flag. Mm. Can I ask you, uh, we talk a lot about Alzheimer's and dementia, but what is the difference between the two? Yeah, I'm not I'm right. not sure either. Yeah. So dementia is a umbrella word. It just uh, means that someone has difficulties in thinking, memory, language, any brain function that they need assistance. That's it. So it's not disease. It's a syndrome. It's just a non-specific word. 
mm. that we use to imply that someone needs assistance. And then there are many causes of dementia, and these causes are the diseases that cause dementia. So Alzheimer's is one of the causes of dementia, and Alzheimer's starts with different stages. Uh, before we knew about the Alzheimer dementia and Alzheimer was synonymous because that's how you will know someone has Alzheimer when they have dementia. But now, because we have biomarkers, we can detect diseases 20 years before the symptoms start. So those are the people who already have Alzheimer's disease, but they don't have symptoms or even dementia yet. Wow. And when the Alzheimer's disease spreads through different stages and when it crosses uh, stage and goes through stage four, that's the dementia stage. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much, Doctor, for having this conversation with us. I know it runs so close to mine and AJ's heart and so many of our listeners and to know that there could be one step closer to a cure uh, just feels so wonderful. So thank you so much. Sure. All right, coming up, imagine wanting to be more sexually active, but you're super anxious about intimacy. We're going to have that discussion coming up. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to to odyssey.com slash taylor tay in the uk it's on the odyssey app thanks to republic records this is a national contest the morning beat with aj gibson and michaela gordon channel q how about this for a headline help i want to sleep around more but i'm anxious about having sex this is really interesting this person mm. writes in and says i've always had uh uh, health anxiety, but the pandemic has definitely made it worse. Um, lately, my anxiety has been focused on sex and the fear of getting something from someone. I feel like I'm becoming sex repulsed because of it. I'm in my mid-20s and want to sleep around and have fun safely, but lately, I just can't even imagine kissing someone. How can I get over this fear and live like Samantha Jones? Well, <laughs> first and foremost, yes. she is a character from Sex and the City, so it's, it's different, but I, you want to get your freak on, and I think you and I have talked about this personally, you know, off air a little bit too, that people are just different because of the pandemic. Yes. Like they have anxiety. Their anxiety levels are higher. They might not want to go socialize as much. They might forget how to. And so I think this is actually probably more common than this person realizes. Would you agree? Yes. So what do you do? I feel like it's layered. It's so, so layered. Mm. I feel like it also stems... Whether we want to say this or not, all sex, for the most part, is a very vulnerable act. Yeah. Even if you don't know the person, even if you're drunk and it's a one night stand, Mm -hmm. there are moments, even if it's before you like, I don't know if I can say it on air. Climax? Climax. Are you sure? Like, there's so much vulnerability there, even like with the kissing. Like, hello, pretty woman, Julia Roberts, she would not kiss him on the mouth because it was so intimate. Oh my God, I love that you just brought that up. But that goes to show how deep this goes. Yes. From a, from a very young age, as a little teeny girl, you were taught that by a moment in film. Yeah. And you've held on to it until you're what, you're, what are you, 44 now? 45. 34. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it really is. And I think that, like, as fun as it feels like to be Samantha, you know, you have to be a very... 
there's part of you that's like very, very open to experience somebody else. And there's some people that are very, very closed off so that it's just the act of sex and no emotion involved. So it's tough. And all, yeah, all things can exist. Yeah. On, on our podcast, Confess Your Mess, my partner and I have a lot of conversations about sex and about queer sex in particular. You know, we had Brandon Kyle Goodman come on and talk about it and, and Rob Anderson and some people that are in like the sex positive space in our community. And it's interesting because I'm pretty sex positive. And then I talk to some of these people and I'm like, whoa, you guys are way more adventurous than I am. You know, and I think you have to find what you're comfortable with. Living a Samantha Jones-esque lifestyle to one person might mean you have one or two random hookups a year. Because I thought I was pretty wild. And I remember being in my 30s and my, like, sex number hitting 10. And I was like, gosh, I've had sex with double digits? That's insane. Mm -hmm. Like, that's wild to me. Because my like my mom, for instance, I'll say it. She's been she's had sex with two people in her life. Mm-hmm. She married them both, mm-hmm. right? And that's sort of the how I was raised. My stepdad, same thing, as far as I know. Two women married them both. So for me, I was like 10? 10? And then I started to talk to my friends, and they're like, "Oh no, I'm in the hundreds somewhere. I don't even know. I can't even. I I, no, I had sex with three guys the other night. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and so I think you have to find out what works for you. Yeah, I like to have sex with the same person a lot. Because I actually like to feel like a connection to the person. I'm not saying that you don't feel a connection, but I like to like know them. I get turned on by knowing someone, by seeing my partner in his day-to-day life and seeing him overcome things and seeing him work through struggles and things like that. That's attractive to me. See, that's so funny. That's how Lisa is. And I'm not like that at all. Like I told Lisa, like I could definitely have a one night stand and not think about it ever again. I, like I would be like, this is hot and so fun. It's like I, I, I can also do that. Yeah. I have that side to me for sure. Yeah. I don't let it out very often, but I, I hear that too. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah totally. For sure. So like I just say that to be like, I hear that. I also say say that because I didn't get to experience that. I waited for a very long time before I lost my virginity because literally my mom told me that I would get pregnant if I even looked at anybody. Oh, I was going to get AIDS and die right away. Yeah. That's like I was, I was terrified yeah. of getting sure. pregnant. <laughs> um, and so by the time I lost it... I found myself in a relationship quickly after, so I didn't really get the time to sleep around. And I, honestly, I don't want to encourage anybody, but I am encouraging you to sleep around, yes. honey, if you are yes. single. Yes. Because it is worth it. Figure out what you like. Figure out what you don't like. Listen, it, it's cute. Save yourself for marriage or whatever. That's all. Like it's, it's cute. But I know so many people who jump into marriages very, very quickly as Christians because they want to like have sex and all of a sudden a month after they start dating, they're getting married. I think that's insane, but also if that works for you, I guess I would say to this person, um, you know, just test the waters, dip your toe in slowly, be safe, use protection. If you need to get on prep or whatever it is that you need to do to feel safe, do that. But I would also encourage you to have some maybe conversations with friends who are maybe a little bit more sexually open or Get into therapy because it feels like there's, a, I love the therapy there's a root issue here. Mm-hmm. Like that there's maybe something else that you're attaching to sex that might not actually be real uh, or be benefiting you in your 20s anymore. And that maybe there's just a, a way to look at it from a new perspective. I love that. All right, coming up, Molly Shannon is revealing something major about her father and the secret that he carried until he passed away. We've got that for you and what's popping. The Morning Beat with A.J. Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Sister Mary Catherine, Molly Shannon's character on SNL, was Mm -hmm. one of my favorites. I went to Catholic school as a child. She was a superstar. It was a whole thing, right? She was sort of a gay icon of my generation. Um, 
But apparently, uh, there was a gay icon sort of in her life. The story is really complex. Michaela, what do you have for us? Yeah, this is really crazy. Um, Finding out shortly before her father's death, Molly Shannon found out that he was a closeted gay man, Mm. and her heart broke for him. It also shed light on James Shannon's struggles with alcohol for much of his life, which contributed to a car crash when Shannon was four that killed her mother, younger sister, and cousin. Whoa, what? I I had no idea. Uh, the Saturday Night Live alum writes about this surprising revelation in her new memoir, Hello, Molly. That's a good title. Great title. Mm. She recalled how she found out her father was gay in an interview on the Howard Stern Show. She said, I felt so much compassion. Kind of the pieces of the story all came together and it was tragic. We have some audio. He was under stress. He took this job that was in over his head. Right. You know, he kept, he was probably drinking more because he was stressed out. You know, he's gay. He's keeping that inside. I think mm-hmm. he had tried to tell my mom before that. He said, I saw this psychiatrist and the psychiatrist told me I'm a latent homosexual. And she said, oh, that psychiatrist never should have told you that. And so, yeah, so of course you're going to drink. Imagine if you couldn't be who you were sexually. It's horrible. And isn't it, and isn't it amazing when you said to your dad, are like you said, are you gay? I asked him one day at the Four Seasons, we're sitting by the pool. I just one day asked him by the pool, have, have you ever thought you might be gay? And he just said, most definitely. And he was 72. And I wow. was like, oh, I felt if so. If you'd only said that when he was younger, but it's hard. Yeah, it's so hard. Oh, she goes on to say he died six months later. It's Ugh. so sad to me. The whole story, actually, just <clears throat> the whole thing. Um, it's so relatable, though. And I, yeah. <sighs> and I think that, you know, look, I'm doing a lot of stuff in therapy right now. I like have to do a lot of like work and just like empathy and like make up with people I don't want to make up with. But I feel like alcoholism is such a very easy thing for people to judge. Like, oh, they do drugs, oh, they're an alcoholic, oh, they did it, uh, I come from it. But so oftentimes, especially for people that were born like baby boomers, their life was so different. There wasn't all of this telling your truth, living your truth. Oh, they think we're crazy. Yeah. And I think that like, <clears throat> it's just so crazy. Even to know how iconic Molly is, that she lost her mother, younger sister, and cousin so early on in life. Like, that's a lot. Well, and how many, how many comedians say, do we know that have that sort of a story, though? Yeah. They I mean, listen. tragedy and make it's, humor. Yeah. I mean, it's a mm. tramedy. Like, comedians deal with the trauma and they put it on stage. But it's just, uh, it's crazy to think, so. I think a lot of our listeners can relate to this man. 72 years old, took that to the grave. Crazy. I mean, I know, go to Palm Springs for one weekend and, and just get to know people. And, and the generation before us, the story is a lot more common than you realize. Yeah. So heartbreaking. It is. All right, coming up, is Elon Musk buying Twitter part of what culture, or is that something that could actually benefit us? We'll discuss in the next hour. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we have a fantastic hour coming up for you. Uh, Elon Musk is trying to buy Twitter. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner has some thoughts, and so do we. We're going to have that discussion here in just a moment. Uh, Do we think that super, super rich billionaires should also control the social media platforms that sort of can can manipulate us and make us feel a certain way about things? It's an interesting conversation. We're going to have it. I know you have a bit of a personal connection to it. Michaela, you were just with Elon last weekend. Uh, You're a big deal now. So there's that. 
Also in our final hour today, we're going to be joined by Emmy and Golden Globe award-winning actress Sharon Gless. You might know her from Cagney and Lacey back in the day if you're old like me, or maybe if you're a little bit younger like Michaela uh, from Queer as Folk. She's got a new book out that she wants you to know about and also an opportunity to meet her in person. We're going to tell you about that in our final hour. Right now, though, it's time for news on the beat. Michaela, take it away. Okay, babe. Well, a Tennessee bill aimed at offering an, an alternative marriage process for male-female couples only will get passed this year. There had been public outcry over the initial version of the bill, which did not include a minimum age of marriage. It was amended to say marriages would not be available to people who hadn't reached the the age of majority, which is 18 in the state. But the outrage hobbled the legislation, the Tennessean reports. And so its House sponsor, Republican Representative Tom Leatherwood, said Wednesday that he wished to send the bill to a study session this week summer. The move essentially kills the bill for the session, though it could reemerge next year, the paper notes. The bill's goal was to provide a pathway to marriage for those who didn't want to be associated with the state's usual marriage licensing process because it's now available to same-sex couples. This bill was to say, have your license, but do not deny our understanding of marriage or force ministers to choose between signing a document they disagree with or performing a marriage that has no legal effect, David Fowler, director of the Conservative Family Action Council of Tennessee and a former state senator, told the Tennessean. All right, in other news, Not Dolan. the Tennessean. Not the Tennessean. I know, was I saying that right? I was just That's right. Maybe I wasn't saying Absolutely it right. Absolutely right, I think. Thanks, honey. Okay, good. Great. <laughs> uh, it's enough stories. Let's get into weather. It's going to be a high of... 71 in LA, 82 in Vegas, 88 in Palm Springs, 81 in Houston, 82 in Miami, a high of 89 in Cathedral City, 85 in Dallas, and 67 in Boston. 88, Coachella. Come on, that's a good... Come on, it's going to be a great Coachella weekend. Beautiful. So exciting. Okay, give us a veeb. Uh, Never limit yourself because of others' limited imagination. Never limit others because of your own limited imagination. I think that's such a great vibe. So good. We, we limit ourselves all the time. We allow other people to do the same. So don't do it to them. Don't do it to yourself. Uh, if you want to expand your life experience and your imagination, we've got an opportunity for you to do just that at the Morongo Casino Resort and Spa on Thursday, May 19th at 7 o'clock in the evening. Uh, we're going to be joined by the Tell It To My Heart diva herself, the one and only Taylor Dane. She's going to be performing. Michaela's going to be performing uh, music from her up- upcoming album. Also, Rosemary Galore and friends doing all sorts of fun drag numbers. It's all for charity. It's our second annual Divas in the Desert. Uh, we're raising money this time for the Desert AIDS Project and Coachella Valley LGBTQ Center. Tickets are only 25 bucks. You can get them at Ticketmaster.com. Divas in the Desert. That's what you should look for. Divas in the Desert, baby. Mm-hmm. All right, coming up, is Elon Musk buying Twitter part of woke culture, or is that something that could benefit us? We discuss coming up next. The Morning Beat with A.J. Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. The Morning Beat with A.J. Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. All right, so we found out last week that uh, Elon Musk became a 9% like shareholder uh, in Twitter. We've also now found out since then that he made a bid for something like $43 billion to buy it outright, to have complete control over this. And I definitely have some thoughts, and I think it's fascinating when you know people who are, are in business and tech by like Time Magazine or the Washington Post. I think Jeff Bezos bought that years ago. It's interesting, and I have issues with it. Mm-hmm. When you control the narrative and the press 
and you're also the one benefiting from it financially, I just get a little bit anxious that only a handful of people have so much control over the entire world, right? Because these are the global businesses. Well, it's interesting because Caitlyn Jenner was on Fox uh, and was talking about this deal and shared some thoughts. Vanessa, you have those for us. Two weeks ago, guess what? I joined I joined Fox News and guess what happened? I got shadow banned on Twitter. Uh, my engagements went down dramatically. This is the way I look at it. Right now, social media and so many big companies have become captive to their employees, these woke employees and this woke movement we have out there. Um, my family recently started uh, a show on Hulu, which is uh, mm-hmm. Disney. And look what happened to Disney you know, last month when they became political. They, they did what they thought their employees and what the public really wanted, and they went woke on us. Uh, they went up against Ron DeSantis and, you know, for uh, a bill that was about parental rights. Yeah. Twitter does the exact same thing. There, there's this woke mentality with their employees. Instead of doing what's right for the company, they're doing what they think is right for society and right for their employees. Okay. And All right, that's so- enough, Caitlin. Well, <laughs> so okay, so Caitlin's concern is it's more important to do what's right for the company than what's right for society. Yeah, but and this- that's the problem. Okay, first of all, she's an idiot, and it irritates me having to listen to her talk. But uh, yesterday I was having a conversation um, and basically, look, like Elon Musk is a wild man and this isn't going to be a good thing or a bad thing. Elon Musk is taking over Twitter to make a point. Basically, it's a big point as well. He, in a very long story short, tweeted Jack Dorsey, who owns Twitter, Mm -hmm. and was like, Twitter sucks. I'm going to come up with my own Twitter. And Jack was like... Uh, okay, they started getting into this Twitter war. Like little kids, mm-hmm. literally like little kids. A couple of billionaires just, just going at it. Just a couple of billionaires. And then, uh, so stocks started getting lower on Twitter when Elon Musk was like, I'm going to start my own. Well, it's smart. Yes. Elon, it's a good tactic. No, he's brilliant. To drive down the costs. So then what happened was, he goes, uh, you know what, forget it. I'm not going to start my own Twitter, Jack. So then stocks went back up. So then Elon said, actually, Jack, I am going to. The stocks went lower. And while they were going lower, Elon was buying the, the mm-hmm. stocks. And then him and Jack were having this war, this stupid five-year-old fight. And then uh, when Jack was irritated, he goes, well, why don't you just uh, join the board on Twitter? If you hate it so much, join the board and make it better. So Elon said, okay, I'll do that. Don't That's challenge fine. a billionaire. Don't challenge a billionaire. Long story, he decided, like agents, everybody was involved. They were actually going to come together. But Elon was so smart that he knew whatever he said would keep the stocks higher or lower. He bought low. He sold high. He owns mm-hmm. 9% now. And he's like, actually, I don't want this. No, I don't want to do this. So he's not joining the board now as of like today. But, like this is just tactics. But he might buy the whole thing outright. Right. But it's is, not like a, it, like Caitlin's like, I'm shadow banned. They're not worried about you, Caitlin. Yeah, nobody, nobody cares about They're you, Caitlin. They're doing something else. Nobody ever has. Um, it's interesting. If you've ever watched an episode of The Young and the Restless, yes. the Abbots and the Newmans have been doing this for years. <laughs> I, and I always come back to The Young and the Restless. I was raised on That's CBS, CBS soap operas by my mother and grandmother. And this is the sort of thing that billionaires do. Powerful men, listen, do 
would I love to believe that Elon Musk is this altruistic sort of human who's trying to save society from itself and is willing to throw all this money in here to do this? I would love to believe that. Do I believe it? I don't know. I have an issue with, like I said, people like Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk or the super, super powerful business owners owning magazines like Time Magazine or the Washington Post or or because Twitter essentially is a news outlet. It's where a lot of people get a lot of information. Yeah. Whenever something breaking happens, where do you go? You go to Twitter. If you think there was an earthquake in Southern California, the first thing you do is check Twitter. That's if so something's crazy. happening in pop culture or social media, you go onto Twitter to see how people are reacting to it. I literally never. That's the only time I do ever use Twitter. I can I go weeks. I never got it. Mm. I never understood it. And I never like went there. I, mean, I, I know it's like important. Twenty some thousand followers over the course of like years, and just have always had them. And I I go weeks without tweeting yeah. anything at all. Yeah. But it just makes me nervous. If you can name on one hand the most powerful, wealthiest men in the world and you know that their businesses are the ones that we shop at all the time, Amazon, Apple, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the big, big ones. And then on top of that, Tesla, and then on top of that, they also own the major like platforms like Twitter, Time Magazine, Washington Post. These are big ones. Yeah. That makes me concerned because then we already get more fed more propaganda than we realize as Americans. We think every other country does that, right? We think that communist Russia does that only or like uh, Middle Eastern countries do that, but not here in America. China does that. We don't do that. But how is this really that different from China having their own version of Twitter, Weibo, I think it's called, so uh, that is run by state run media like they, they the government runs it. How is it different than than Elon Musk being one individual who's going to run this entire social media platform? It's just I'm not saying he doesn't have the best intentions. I'm not saying he won't do a great job. But I'm just saying these are things we all need to be aware of. Also, we just also need to be aware of this also was just like a five-year-old fight. Like, was it really a fight for power and control in Twitter or was it a fight to be like, Jack, you suck. Haha, this is funny. Yeah, is $43 billion such a drop in the bucket to Elon Musk that he's just like willing to throw it out there? What if Elon Musk, I could see him doing something like this. Think, if he really does think that Twitter's trash, I could see Elon dropping $43 billion and then just shutting it down. Yeah. I, I could just see him doing something like that. Yeah. So that's wild. And his mind is wild. Like, again, if you watch SpaceX. Mm, I want to watch it this weekend. Watch it this weekend. And then let's have a conversation next week. Because the way his mind works, he's a genius. It differently. He's a genius. Yeah. I get that. I don't trust any single individual man this much is my concern. Uh, also, Elon, I have student loans I'd still like to pay off. Michaela's trying to fund an album. So, oh, come on, give us you some got money, $43 honey. billion. Dollars. All we need is a few Gs. Tweet it out. Tweet it out to him. Got it. Good morning, B. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. We have a good one for you today. Uh, just a reminder, in our final hour, we're joined by the iconic Emmy and Golden Globe winning actress Sharon Gless. You know her from Cagney Lacey and from Queer as Focus. She's joining us to tell us all about her new book. Um, now, the internet is rallying behind a woman who was uh, who forced parents to disown gay brother. That's the headline. According to Healthline, some long-term effects of growing up in a family that favors one child over the other include low self-esteem, holding resentment toward family members, and having a negative perception in adulthood. Um, those are just some of the things that could happen when your family is not on your side or not yeah. equally you know, supportive of all children. But the internet is rallying behind this woman who forced her parents uh, uh, who... To disown the gay brother, which is, which is interesting. 
Like, why would the internet get behind that? Yeah, well, because I'm MIA holes the question with the sister. Okay, so basically, the sister is like, it, uh, overall, you're like shocked. You're like, no way, we hate the sister. But the sister said, growing up, her and her brother hated each other. Yeah, she's 28 years he was old. Very, right? yep. very mean to her. Mm. He would lie, steal stuff, blame it on her, and she would get in trouble. Her parents were upset. She said that um, she, when she got married, she invited her family to the wedding. They didn't even bother coming. Mm. And she said, I have two children now. I'm thankful that my husband's family is so good to me and helps me so much. But recently, her brother contacted her and said, I came out of the closet to our family, but our parents will disown me and cut off the money if I don't make up with you. So I just want to make up with you. Wow. He flew there, apparently was crying, blamed the bullying on him being in the closet and having his own stress. And she's saying, no way. F that. Now, because she said she has no empathy for him, he said, you're a homophobe mm. and you're ruining an adult's life. Mm. And she's like, I'm I'm not a homophobe. I don't like you. Like, none of it is, is excusable. It has nothing to do with being gay. Yep. And so the internet is siding with the sister because she's like, what do I do? So the brother's the a-holes with the internet is saying. A thousand percent. And I'm on board with that because you know what this reminds me of? Kevin Spacey. Remember when yes. Kevin Spacey was accused of like sexually assaulting Anthony Rapp and others and then was like, well, I was dealing with some demons, my repressed homosexuality. Uh-uh, dude. You don't get to do that because everybody else already tells us that we were problematic and that we're pedophiles, that we're rapists, that we're all these, these things, as gay men in particular. You don't get to then use – that might be an underlying issue. That might be a reason that you needed therapy, but that does not make you sexually assault somebody. Just like it does not, like, it didn't give this guy the right to be a jerk, to be a complete a-hole to his sister for all of these years because he was dealing with his own homophobia. And it also doesn't give him the right to call her a homophobe. Like, that's not cool. I don't like when people use their sexuality to excuse poor behavior. Totally. Because, I agree. Because here's the thing. This is one, one thing that I do love about our community. We've been talking about what the, the guy, the, the rich old gay dude, Buck, uh, what's his name, that we've been talking, Ed Buck? Ed Buck in the news. They were talking about who, yeah. who uh, like raped and murdered men and yeah. drugged them and stuff. He's a big Democrat. He's a big Democratic donor and a fundraiser. And the second that story came out, every Democrat I know was like, nope, done. Send his butt to prison. Totally. That's it. We don't want to have anything to do with him. That is the difference between oftentimes Democrats and how they handle things and how conservatives handle things. A lot of Donald Trump can literally brag about grabbing a woman by the pee. And people are like, yay, they applaud him. And they, they give him another pass, right? Cheats on wife number one with wife number two, wife number two with wife number three. And they call him the family values president. And that's absurd. I love this about our community. If we're wrong, we're going to say, hey, we're wrong. A this is gross. Percent. Like, just because he's gay doesn't mean we give him a pass. Just because just because Jesse Smollett is gay doesn't mean we give him a pass for his bad behavior. Just because Kevin Spacey is gay doesn't mean we give him a pass for his bad behavior. Don't use your gayness as a shield to protect you from what you have coming to you. If this guy was a jerk to her for all of these years, then, and he's only, only trying to make up with her for the money. He's crying to her because he wants that inheritance. Totally. That's it. Yeah. He's a trust fund baby. He's yeah. a brat.
I think she's totally right in her decision. <clears throat> I think the parents are gross. I think that he's uh, dealing with his demons, but he needs to go to therapy and quit banging on his sister's door. Yeah, she's not the demon. Yeah. You yeah. are, sir. Yeah. You're right, the a Yes. I'm glad you explained that story. Thank you. And I'm glad to hear your perspective. Because low-key, I came into this about 2% prepared. Yeah, but honey, I got you. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Just a quick reminder, coming up in our final hour, uh, the iconic Emmy and Golden Globe winning actress Sharon Gless is going to be joining us. You know her from Cagney and Lacey, Queer as Folk, and a million other projects. Uh, She's got a new book coming out. It's actually out, and she's got an opportunity for a meet and greet here in Southern California that she wants to tell you about. So we're going to have a conversation with her in our final hour at about 9.20 Pacific, uh, about 12.20 Eastern. So stick around for that. Uh, she really is quite the gem. We're excited to have her here on the show. Right now, though, it's time for another round of What's Poppin'. Michaela, take it away. Um, okay, so this is wild. Uh, Alec Baldwin is responding to why him and his wife continue popping out kids. Just last month, Hilaria Baldwin announced that they're pregnant with their seventh baby. They already have six babies. And then, of course, uh, Alec Baldwin has 26-year-old Ireland Baldwin. Um, But he said in an Instagram post, it's this moment. It's for this moment. And it's the baby showing off his two front teeth laughing and giggling. And it really is such a cute video. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's great. I think if you can afford it and you're two healthy people that are able to raise a large family, more power to you. I uh, talked to this psychic yesterday and she said I was going to have up to five kids with Lisa. And I think people that know me, really, really know me, wouldn't be surprised by that. But people that didn't would be like, that's a lot. But for me, I feel like I always wanted a family growing up. I never felt like I had one. And so to be able to create one, like it just feels so homey and juicy and delicious. And like, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of into this for him. I, I, I like it. I love it. Yeah, it's Why okay. Not? Whatever. It's They have the financial means. She uh, doesn't know how to say cucumber, but that's what, you know, school's for. Hilaria or the kid? Hilaria. Well, she also has an accent sometimes. How you say cucumber? Remember how she didn't... She had an accent for a long time, then realized it was all fake. Yes, that's just wild. That her real name's actually Hillary, and she's from Boston. Yeah, but you a, know what? It doesn't matter. They had a rough year. They had a rough she year. She got busted. He shot somebody. Oh my god! Literally, somebody died. Yes, that's still under investigation. True. They're popping out kids left and right. Listen, do what you got to do, baby. If you can take care of them, make this world a better place. All right, coming up in our final. Our Emmy and Golden Globe Award winner, Sharon Glass, joins us to talk about her new book, and she's spilling some major secrets that nobody's ever heard of. We'll discuss next. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Coming up in about 13 minutes, iconic Golden Globe and Emmy winner, uh, Sharon Gless, you know her from Cagney and Lacey, Queer as Folk, and a number of other projects, uh, is joining our show to tell us about her new book. She's got some wild tales of old Hollywood. (laughs) That you have to to hear to believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she's also got an opportunity for you to meet her and grab a copy of her book here in Southern California. Lots going on this hour. Super excited to have her. Also, Coachella underway this weekend. Weekend number one. Uh, And if you are driving out to the Coachella Valley for day one, weekend one, uh, Michaela actually has a bit of a uh, traffic update for you. I do. I want to help our listeners. Why not try putting on a new hat? 
All right, well, the Coachella Valley Music and Arts Festival will be held at the Empire Polo Club this weekend and the following weekend. The following roadways will be primary access routes for the festivals. Uh, Expect a significant impact to traffic at the following locations. Jefferson Street, southbound from I-10 to Avenue 52. Washington Street, southbound from I-10 to Avenue 52. Monroe Street, southbound from I-10 to Avenue 52. Avenue 48 between Jefferson and Jackson. Highway 111 at Jefferson Street. Highway 111 at Monroe Street. I-10 East. I'm sorry, I-10 exit eastbound at Jefferson, I-10 exit eastbound at Monroe, I-10 exit eastbound at Washington. Now, on each Friday of the festivals through each Monday, the following roads will be closed. Avenue 49 uh, between Horse Street and Monroe Street, Avenue 50 between Madison Street and Jackson Street, Horse Street between Avenue 49 and Avenue 50, Madison Street between Avenue 49 and Avenue 52. Okay, expect the following delays, okay? From Avenue 50 between Madison. What am I doing? How is this my job? Well, I feel like if if you're in Palm Springs, the Coachella Valley, you understand all of this a lot. So we're trying to help out our listeners there. I, I'm watching you do this. And I'm like, this is a lot. And also, I'm thinking to myself, where's Avenue Q? I saw that off Broadway one time. And it was fantastic. Yes. A bunch of really raunchy puppets. Yes. Listen, I I still have more to, to go. I think, but I, I just think it's so. Funny. I think that's a good amount. I think you did good. You guys. Listen. I never know what my job is going to be here. I really don't. I feel like my entire life. I have just gotten myself into situations where I'm like, sis, it's, but I just do it. Like, I don't question. I just do it. Well, here's the thing. I have a couple thoughts. Go off. One, traffic's really hard. I had to do it one time at Good Day LA years yeah. ago, and it was sort of a joke, and they're like, AJ, do the traffic. And I was like, uh, sure. God, that road looks clogged. Uh, this road over here looks good. I had no idea what I was yeah. doing. Also... There are so many apps nowadays. Who gets their... Oh, I've had this conversation in the car with my partner recently. Who gets their traffic updates from the radio? I know that's a terrible thing to say because you just gave tra- traffic updates, but I retain none of that. Yeah. If you, live in, if you live in the area, I think it makes a lot more sense. Totally. You know what I mean? Because those are roads and, and streets that are like no, and highways that are normal to them. Um, but yeah, be safe and, and plan. I will say this. Plan for a lot of traffic. Totally. A, common, or a mutual friend of ours <clears throat> just drove out there. It was about a five and a half hour drive from L.A. For Coachella right now. Yes. So, and she went out there actually last night, I think. It was five and a half hours. So just give yourself plenty of time. Yeah. That that in and of itself is reason for me not to go. That's too much time in a car. Totally. I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. I well, think you did I'm a like, great job, though. Thanks, honey. I was trying not to laugh. I just, I like, I do the news. I well, do the weather. I feel like, you I know, do traffic. after listening to it as, as, as an active listener, uh, I feel like maybe we could have pared it down a bit. There's a lot of information in there. Yeah. So maybe just... Half of that. Would have been I, nice. I can't. I have to give the people what they need. Okay. People on Monroe Street are not affected by people on Horse Street, and they got to know that the I 10 eastbound, honey, is not the place to go. There it is. There it is. There, that should actually been the news. That actually makes sense to me. Listen, if you're on Madison Street or Jackson Street, just stay home. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> That's it. That part. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get into Web. It's going to be very hot. 67 in Boston. Okay, not hot there. Uh, 85 in Dallas. 90 in La Quinta. 89 in Cathedral City. 55 in Buffalo. 58 in San Francisco. 88 in Palm Springs. 82 in Vegas. 
71 in LA. Yeah, it's going to be a hot one. So I think the best bit of advice also, stay hydrated. Yeah. Drink lots and lots of water. Water. (laughs) Water. Vodka. (laughs) Here's your vibe of the day. Never limit yourself because of others' limited imagination. Never limit others because of your own limited imagination. No limits. That's what we're all about. We also want to tell you, uh, speaking of the Coachella Valley, we're going to be heading out there again in just a few weeks for the second annual Divas in the Desert presented by Channel Q. Starring the Tell It To My Heart Diva, the one and only Taylor Dane. It's all taking place on Thursday night, May 19th from 7 to 10 p.m. at the Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. It's so much fun. So if you're in Palm Springs, La Quinta, Indian Wells, just pop on out. It's not a long drive. Maybe you're going into one of those uh, towns for the weekend. You can come in a night early. Hang out with us on Thursday night. It's all to raise funds for the Desert AIDS Project and the Coachella Valley LGBTQ Center. Michaela's also performing. We've got uh, Rosemary Galore and friends doing all sorts of fun drag numbers. Tickets are 25 bucks. They're on Ticketmaster.com. Look up Divas in the Desert. And it goes for a great cause. So even if you can't make it out there, buy a bunch of tickets. Totally. Just support. Why not? Absolutely. All right. Coming up, it's very exciting. We're talking with Sharon Gless, Emmy and Golden Globe Award winning actress, as she discusses her new memoir. Apparently, there were complaints and apparently there were. She's going to tell you about them next. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. We're super excited about uh, our guest today. She is an icon. Uh, If you're as old as I am, you might remember her from her work on Cagney and Lacey. If you're young like Michaela, you might know her from Queer as Folk uh, or any number of other uh, career successes she's had over the years. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's an Emmy and Golden Globe award-winning actress uh, who's also just released her memoir titled, Apparently, There Were Complaints. (laughs) Please welcome to the program, Sharon Gless. Sharon, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Sharon. Hi, H.A. Hi, Ma- Hi Ma- Michaela. Michaela. <laughs> yeah, Hi, yeah it's me. a tough name. It's Hebrew. I, I hear that. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Sharon, Forgive thank me. you. Thank you for joining us. Um, I just want to say really uh, fast, I, I think it's so iconic that you played a female officer uh, in the 80s where you were also trying to navigate like a male-dominant world. I mean, that was so profound and so woke. And now seeing everything playing out in 2022, you were like so ahead of your time. We were. We actually, immodestly speaking, we changed the history of television for women. Yeah, it's amazing. Not a lot of people can say that. And it's so interesting. One thing I did not know about you, I followed your career for many years. uh, But one thing I did not know about you is you were actually Hollywood's last contract player. Like if you're old enough, like my age, we remember what that actually means. But you were actually (laughs) the last one. Is that correct? I'm the very last one in the history of Hollywood. That's right. How did that happen? Like, I want to know, how did that actually happen? How were you the last one? Well, I I was signed. Well, let's see. The the contract system, I don't know when it started, but it ended in um, 82. And I was there for 10 years. Mm. And the contract system ended in 82. And I stayed an extra year, actually. Even though they, they, they ended the system. I stayed to do another series for them. And um, at any rate, I'm, I'm the last one who left the lot. Wow, that is so wild. That's so amazing. Well, I'm so uh, excited to talk about apparently there were complaints. Now, before we like dig into the juiciness, what made you <laughs> finally write a book? Well, uh, truthfully, I went into CBS for a meeting because Byrne noticed the series I had just yeah. finished. And it was ending. And so CBS asked to meet me. And I thought to 
to um, to to offer me another series because Cagney and Lacey was on mm-hmm. CBS. And when I arrived, the president, Nina Tassler, says, welcome home, Sharon. I thought, oh, this is so cool. Okay. And uh, so I was there for an hour and trying to regale them with stories. Trying And when I left, at the end of the hour, uh, Nina Tassler said, Sharon, um, we own Simon & Schuster. Yeah. I said, I didn't know that. <laughs> and they said, yes, we do. And we think you have a book in you. Mm. And I said, well, I really have never written before. And she said, no, you, but you're a storyteller. Yeah. So I guess I impressed them in that one hour. Uh, <laughs> and, and so uh, I got a deal with Simon & Schuster to write a, a series, uh, to write a book. Oh. And I didn't, um, I, I, I didn't even start it for another year because I kept hoping another series would come along. Yeah. And it took me seven years to do it, but it's done. Oh. It's out there and it's doing very well. Wow. Oh that, God, is, that is so fantastic. I can't wait to grab a copy. Apparently there were complaints. Um, I, I, wrote, <laughs> I wrote a book in 2018 mm-hmm. and I somehow, I look Good back, I did the 300 pages, 72,000 words. I got it done in six months. And I have no idea. Looking back, I can't imagine writing oh. a, a blog post nowadays. So I, I, I commend I you. Know. It's not an easy task. Um, well, I I didn't really enjoy being a writer, but now I enjoy being a writer. <laughs> That's so true. I hear that. The process is brutal. Yes. And it's very emotional. Yeah, it it's draining. But you come from literally Hollywood royalty. Your mm-hmm. grandfather uh, was a super powerful mm-hmm. entertainment attorney, represented Howard Hughes, Cecil B. DeMille, wow. uh, Catherine Hepburn. Like, talk I to know. us about your childhood growing up in such a legacy and such, such an incredible city. You know, when you're in it, you don't really realize it. Mm. And my grandfather, obviously, was my grandfather, so I wasn't living the life he was living, but I certainly remember hearing about all his clients. And I met Cecil B. DeMille. We were, invited to his, we were invited to his home to watch um, The Ten Commandments. Before wow. wow. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You, That's wait, so wait, hold on. Just, just so you can wrap your brains around this, because I know some of our listeners, especially in Palm Springs Gagging. right now, are, Cecil B. DeMille invited you to his home for a pre-screening of the Ten Commandments. That's right. What? And I think I was, how old was I? Maybe 10? Oh, my God. Is that is just wild. Listen, you did have a book in you, Sharon. Ooh, that is incredible. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I work with the HFPA and the Golden Globes every year, and I host the red carpets for them. And then we interview the uh, Cecil B. DeMille uh, Award nominee or winner every single year. And to me, that's a huge honor. To actually be in the man's home yes. for a preview of the Ten Commandments is just unfathomable. I can't imagine what other stories you have in this book. Well, I also want to let— I know. And, you know, my, my grandfather was such a brilliant lawyer that this is way back in, what, the, the uh, 50s. Yeah, wow. Uh, there was no such thing as tape or, um, uh, there was just film. There, there were, mm-hmm. and no he digital. thought to put in words like wow. any representation on tape, mm-hmm. on any, any source uh, other than film, he also included in the contract. So even today, I get a little check every year. Whoa. From oh, that's so cool. The Ten Commandments from, uh, uh, a couple of other Mr. DeMille's wow. um, movies. That is so <laughs> That's wild. so great. I know that our listeners uh, would love to be able to experience seeing you and being with you. Uh, I know that you'll be at the Festival of Books event Saturday, April 23rd at 2.30 p.m. at USC, uh, LA Times main stage, where you'll, of course, be talking about the book 
Uh, just one, maybe more question. I think it's amazing. Um, is that you really talk in depth about alcoholism and going to rehab? And I think, like coming out of the pandemic, a lot of people struggled with things that they didn't anticipate right. struggling with. And so, kind of, what was the thing that launched you to go to rehab? And, and maybe, what advice do you have for somebody that could be struggling with that still? Well, the reason I ended up in rehab is that my agent at the time, Ronnie Meyer, strongly suggested that if I wasn't it, in Hazleton uh, the day after Cagney and Lacey shot, he was going to do an intervention on me. So, <laughs> wow. so I, I, I totally fought it and said, you know, there's nothing wrong with me and what's wrong with all you people. But um, I did go. I was there for seven weeks and it's the best thing that ever happened to me. Oh, wow. That's so amazing. Was, for you. Yeah. I, I didn't realize it, but I was on a slippery slope. And I was playing a famous alcoholic on Cagney and Lacey. Uh-huh. So I thought, what's wrong with these people? It's just a character I'm playing. Right. Yeah. Not not when you get off the set, Sharon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Art, art, art should not imitate life. Like, it should maybe be really? the other way around. Yeah. Oh, what, what a story. I cannot wait to grab a copy. Again, like Michaela said, I want to remind our listeners, you're going to be at the Festival of Books Saturday, April 23rd at 2.30 p.m. at USC, the L.A. Times main stage. Oh, you guys, are you still on? Yes, yeah, we are. You're wonderful. AJ and Michaela. Michaela, I'm so sorry I mispronounced your name. <laughs> Sharon, I don't give up. You're an icon. You can oh. call me Lisa for all you want. I literally don't care. You must be off the air now because they told me to watch what comes out of my mouth. <laughs> not with us. Not with us. Take care of yourself. You're Thank so you. wonderful. Thank, Thank you for you. giving us this you time. You guys are wonderful. Thank you so much. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Tell me something good. I'll start off by telling you something great. I saw this story, and I'm so glad we're doing it because this young man is impressive. His name is Jonathan Walker. He's a senior in Panama City Beach, Florida. Uh, take a listen, then we'll discuss exactly what's happening. I didn't apply to anywhere that I don't think I would be happy at, and so I just made a list, and I started applying to them. And so my parents, they bought me a chemistry set a couple of years ago. I found a way to channel that curiosity into science, and that soon blossomed into engineering. Okay, so... He's talking about this chemistry set that got him into all these things, right? And it actually uh, is the reason that he was accepted into so many universities and institutions and colleges because the guy is a brainiac. He's been accepted to 27 universities. And guess how much scholarship money he's gotten? How much? $4 million. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I applied to one state school when I was in high school, and I'm like, this is good. University of Toledo is kind of a party school. That'll be fun. That's all I did. But this young man, and not only is he smart, he's good looking. He's obviously clearly intelligent. He played uh, on the varsity football team. He was the homecoming king. And he's like, hey, so, uh, yeah, I got excited to all these schools. I only applied to ones that I knew I'd really love. I'm like, Guy's obviously got a lot of love to give then because yes. he's happy with many options. So I'm curious to see where he goes, but kudos to you, Jonathan Walker. That's amazing. Okay, let's Wait, keep it in schools. Johnny Walker? Oh, Johnny Walker Blue. <laughs> uh, okay, this story is amazing as well. Coming out of school, this 13-year-old uh, has delighted the internet by bringing a toaster to school, uh, complete with Pop-Tarts, and he serves them to his classmates and uh his mom said that uh he got in trouble for packing their toaster in his backpack and pulling it out at lunch to make pop tarts for his class but she literally cannot stop laughing so they have this crazy amount of pop tarts because their kitchen's being renovated and so 
Uh, they can only use the microwave and the toaster. Uh, well, now they so, can only use the microwave because he took the toaster to yeah, school. Hello. Well, he didn't charge. He just gave everybody Pop-Tarts. And it's so precious because she said, uh, he's 13, a man of few words, and a bit of a prankster, but very sweet. Uh, a few years ago, someone gave him $100 as a gift when he started cancer treatment, and he asked to go buy Lego sets that he could give to other kids in the hospital. Aww. Five years later, he's just as sweet and no signs of cancer. Well, yay for that. I know. And also, so he just wants his little friends to have Pop-Tarts. More importantly, what's your favorite Pop-Tart? Uh, Brown's sh- uh, cinnamon. Ugh, so good. Iconic. I. What else? You got something else for me? No, I just love the strawberry. I, I love, 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 love the s'mores ones, but they don't feel like breakfast. They are super, super. It's just, a, it's like, it's like a dessert, but I yes. can eat them all day long. Yes. My dad, my favorite memory when I would wake up, he had us on <clears throat> Friday nights, wake up Saturdays. And so he would make us strawberry Pop Tarts with butter on them. And it was so delicious Wait, to me. The ones that don't have the icing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's a, that's a move. It was a vibe. Because sometimes the icing is a little bit weird, but the ones yeah. without the icing, the strawberry and the cherry without icing is kind of, kind of a whole thing. Yes. And then you toaster, mm. you put in the toaster and you put butter and it's all melted. It's amazing. It was iconic. I'm doing it this weekend. Yes. Okay. Well, have so much fun this weekend. Uh, Everybody in Palm Springs, have so much fun with Coachella. We're going to have so much fun doing our uh, thing this weekend as well. Blast on the couch. Yeah. No, yeah. With Pop Tarts. Netflix and chill with Pop Tarts. Which sounds really fun. Yeah. Uh, We have three hours of amazing music for you. And uh, enjoy your weekend. Have so much fun. Stick around for Let's Go There with Sharon Ryan. We'll see you Monday. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 